Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Sci-Fi Dig. I'm your host, Aaron Makem. And as I stated last week, I came across a movie that got me super excited because I had never heard of it before. I'm not sure how I missed this. Though I recognize the main character, I recognize seeing him like in a poster or a still or something like that, I know that I've never seen this movie. I just know it. And what happened was that I was looking at... uh, New releases coming out on, on Blu-ray. I like to see what's going to come out, what's uh, what, if there's any special editions or anything that I haven't seen before, because it, we are, you know, with with some of the boutique shops, they have been releasing um, some science fiction films from like the '90s and early 2000s that haven't really seen a proper release yet, and have. Um, you know, you never know what you're going to find. So I came across one that was coming out. It's not out yet. It hasn't been released yet. But it was Nemesis 2, 3, and 4. And I'm like, what is this? What are these films? So I was looking at them, and I didn't recognize any of them. I said, well, even if I was going to purchase this, and the price is good. It's like 16 bucks for the three movies on Blu-ray. I said, well, how can you start with two? You can't start with two. You have to start with one or the original. So I started to investigate this. And the first thing I did was typed it into Amazon to see if there was a Blu-ray of it. And, of course, there is one, and it was way more money than I wanted to spend, but I wasn't sure about this. But it's on Prime. This movie's on Prime, and I'm a Prime member, so I was able to watch this. Uh, The first thing I noticed was, like, wow, it looked good. Um, Sometimes you get movies on the streaming services that have come from somewhere else, and the transfer is awful. But that was not the case here. The transfer was solid. It looked really good. And I had never seen this movie before. Now, Nemesis came out in 1992. I don't believe it showed in theaters in the U.S. until 93. And it is um, it has Tim Thomerson as, he's not the main character, but he is one of the characters in there. So that tells you something, right? That means it's got to be good because he's in all the great stuff. I mean, Doll Man, anyone, that's fantastic. Also available on Prime. Actually, I think I paid for that on Prime. I think it was like... Three dollars transfer on that, however, awful, but it was uh, it was worth watching. But um, it is basically about Alex, who is a uh, he's a cop in L.A. And what happens is that he is hunting down um, terrorists. He keeps calling them terrorists, but they are like cyborgs that are trying to overtake the government. Well, during these hunts, he keeps getting injured um, badly over and over again, and they keep replacing his parts with cyborg parts. So he's now um, a man, you know, he's, he's got some machine parts, he's got some human parts, and he goes into like a stasis, and they get him out because they need, there's somebody going to try to uh, threaten a major uh diplomat from another country and they send him in the ideas for him to go in and they know who the terrorist is and they want him to take the terrorist out and so they implant a bomb in his head to make sure that he will or in his heart rather to make sure that he will comply and so we have lots of different elements here from different science fictions uh you know movies i think it's all movies um one of them is the terminator obviously and then you know we have the bombs which is uh from you know a lot of different things i mean most recently the suicide squad right so what what I thought was kind of interesting for a movie of this age was that the special effects were really well done. There's a scene where he has a robotic eye that they have to pull out, and it looks so cool. But there's plenty of action in this. There's not, uh, it's not boring by any means. However, I have some issues with the story. I didn't follow things very well. I, I felt that there were some some uh, 
pieces left out. Uh, the storytelling needs a little bit of work. And there were some interesting little factoids I found out. I don't know why I said factoids. I hate that term. It's not a, what makes it a toid? An oid. It's just a fact. Some interesting facts I found out about the movie. Um, I think we call them factoids because they're small bits of information. I don't know. I don't like the term. I don't know why I used it. Anyhow, initially they wanted a girl, a young girl, like a 14-year-old girl to play Alex, and that fell through. So um, the next film actually has a young girl playing Alex. It takes place like 73 years in the future, past the end of this one. Um, And I also found out that there is a Nemesis 5 and it is available. I think it's out now. Um, and I'm, I think it might be available on Prime. I'm not sure. It does not get very good reviews. But I'm definitely curious about the rest of this franchise. Um, this is something that I've never I did, did, never saw before, never knew about. And uh, when you come across these um, science fiction films, I mean, you, there's plenty of horror films you might not know about. There's plenty of um, uh, mostly horror films that, like, that, are, that fall into that cult status that we don't know about that pop up later on. And that's one of the things I like about Blu-ray releases. You know, I talk about physical media. Everybody's probably, I talk about ad nauseum, but that's the one thing about physical media is like when there is a release and it's from one of these boutique places and they put a lot of fanfare behind it. And when you find out about it, it might be something you never even knew about. So not only are they advertising the, their new release, but they're they're advertising a film that I may never have seen before. And I get real excited about coming across some of these movies like Nemesis. Um, overall, I really enjoyed the movie. It has plenty of action. It has a good story. Um, the, the basic story here. I, I mean, I'm not sure how far into spoiler territory I, to go into, but... We, we've seen if you've been a fan of science fiction for more than five years and you've seen every trope in this film, um, there is, um, you know, basically the we find out that he's on the wrong side, that he they want him to exterminate. Um, they say that this person's a terrorist when, in fact, the people that are in charge, the law, are the terrorists, they want to exterminate all the human leaders and install cyborg leaders in there because they don't feel the humans are taking very good care of the planet or anything else and they they can do a better job that's what it boils down to but um we have plenty of action we have a very 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 young thomas jane who has a uh, small part he's he's got about four or five minutes of screen time um we have some very beautiful women we have some very beautiful men um the main character i have to pull up the imdb here um i know that you might not know his name but I can promise you that um, you have seen him in plenty of uh, of science fiction films because uh, I, he's popped up quite a few times. Oliver Grunner is his name, and he got his body down to like four percent body fat for this. I mean, he is he is pretty cut. And also, um, the one of the other um, female actors um, apparently worked out for like three hours a day and did her own nude scene and everything else. Of course, if you work three hours a day, you're like, I'm going to do my own nude scene because I've been working forever on this body. But it is, uh, it is, it is a great fun movie. I mean, it has a science fiction element. It has that nice, nice little nineties feel to it. It's kind of post-apocalyptic in a lot of ways. I mean, we have that, um, <laughs> that trademark, trying to be cool scene in the beginning where he's being chased by multiple enemies and he's wearing this super long trench coat and he's running through like uh, a construction area. It looks like it's in the desert. He's running with this coat on. He has these um, 
unique sunglasses on. And we have some cool weapons. We have like a shotgun that blows gigantic holes in things. And it is just the whole entire film was just a lot of fun. And I was so excited. I mean, I know some of you out there know, know what I'm talking about. When you come across a science fiction film you've never seen before, and whether it's good or bad, it's, you know, an older one. You jump in and you start watching like, man, I, this is this is a lot of fun. I can, And it kind of brings you back to that time, you know, because let's face it, in the late 80s through the 90s, um, VHS was king. I mean, it really was. We had a lot of movies coming out on VHS. We had a lot of direct-to-VHS releases that we wouldn't have seen these films any other way. But there was enough money in the home video market to, um, you know, so there was enough money that you didn't, that you were willing to go ahead and invest and make a movie that was going to get a VHS release because you knew you were going to sell enough to make your money back. And that's, I mean, that's, I mean, Tim Thomerson, I mean, that's, that's his whole thing, right? Like there were so many movies in the nineties that had him in there that might've gotten theatrical releases, but definitely um, really soared on VHS because everybody was buying them, renting them, et cetera. And, that was a whole different market, you know. It's the market very similar to the streaming market we have now, where you have Netflix and Amazon and Hulu and all these other companies that are, and even CBS All Access, they're investing money in new um, original programming in order to stream just on their service. The difference is, is on VHS that your market was had to be at least. 10 times what it is now because video stores were everywhere. Everybody was renting videos. Now it seems like as though nobody's renting videos, which is why if you want something on DVD, you're going to have to buy it. Um, so it, it's, um, it's a nice throwback to that time, to that feeling, and I really enjoyed it. The film is Nemesis. It came out in 92. I don't believe it hit, uh, I don't believe it, it was pushed out into the U.S. until 93. Actually, I read something that it wasn't until like 2010. That it that it actually they actually showed this in like a UK. I'm not exactly sure why. I mean, it is uber violent and uh, things like that. But um, it just it is the fun movie with um, a lot of action in it, a nice science fiction element. The special effects are pretty well done, especially the ones um, with the cyborgs. Um, those are the ones that really stand out for me. That I guess you'd call those creature effects. The part where they pull out his eye is really interesting. His whole entire eye comes out, and there's a chip in there, and she's trying to get the chip out. And it just it looks real. It doesn't look fake at all. It doesn't look um, like it's a dummy or anything like that. They just did a really good job with it. And I tell you what, I, I was taken enough with it that I'm actually considering um, purchasing the Nemesis two, three, and four to see what's going on there. Um, there. There's some logic problems I have with the film overall, as there were in a lot of films in the '90s. But um, I cannot wait to see the other ones and see what this franchise holds. Now, of course. You know, with any film franchise like this, it seems when you have a long gap between films that there's going to be some problems. And we have a long gap, it seems, between four and five. I do believe two and three were filmed within a year of each other. Um, I'm not sure what the gap is between three and four, but it looks like that was quite some time ago. And now we're going to now we have five out, and there is a uh, there was a, a rather large gap. I want to say like ten or fifteen years, maybe. Um, but you can look it all up on IMDb and check it out and see what you think. But if you want to watch the original Nemesis, it is streaming on Prime, and the transfer is pretty nice. I was pretty happy with it. Um, it, it a lot of times, you kind of, like I said, you come across these transfers, and they are horrible. They are like a DVD transfer, and that encapsulated with the fact that um, the, the, the transfer that they got from DVD wasn't that great. There's been no kind of upgrade. It just looks bad. But this was not the case. This movie, this movie looked really good. It really held up well, and um, I highly recommend it. 
Now, one other thing I want to share with everybody. This was a big thing for me, okay? Um, I, um, I have a list. I, I always tell people I'm adding it to the list, right? That um, I'm adding it to the list. And it's not like a metaphorical list. It's like I really, I, I literally have a list of things I write down, of things that I want to investigate because everybody's always making recommendations. Hey, have you read this author? Hey, have you seen this movie? Um, the only thing that, that doesn't really go on the list are bands because usually when somebody says, have you heard this band? I say no, but give me a second. And then I go and I type it into Spotify and I pull it up and I put it on a playlist and if it's nice out and I'm running every day, then I put start putting it in the mix, in the running mix, and then that's how I incorporate new music. So usually within a couple of days, I'm like, yeah, I've heard some of their songs. Either I like them or I don't like them, you know, et cetera. But the other things like, you know, the comics, um, all that stuff, I have a perpetual list. And, and the perpetual list is like Santa's list because it's like goes on for four or five miles. So the other day I was thinking about it. And I threw my list away. I just took it and I threw it away. And I threw it in the paper shredder. And so it's gone. That's it. Bye-bye. And why did I do that? Am I crazy? I don't know. But I decided that there are things on the list that are so old that I'm never going to get to um, or things on the list that are no longer viable that I'm like, I'm just going to start a new list. You know, uh, It's going to be a more loose list of things that I want to check out and investigate. I mean, everybody's like, oh, you got to watch this series. You got to watch this series. I'm like, yeah, I want to check those things out. But I also like watching some of this old stuff too. And there's only so many hours in a day. You know, it's a little bit easier in the wintertime when I'm trapped inside and I have to do my cardio inside. I can watch TV while I do it. So I can, I can kill some stuff, you know. And honestly, the way that these content um, creators are pumping out stuff on all the different networks, it's hard to keep up with new stuff, let alone old stuff, you know. And I don't want to be... I have to watch this because I want to be on top of things. I just want to watch things that I want to watch. I don't want to have to. It doesn't. I don't want it to be a competition. I feel the same way about comics. That's that's why I first start feeling the uh, the pressure, and then I'm like, this is no longer fun if it becomes a job. Um, and what happens is that I want to stay on top of a, a particular series. Usually, it's never one series. Usually, it's like six. And I just don't have the time. I don't have the time to read that much stuff. And before the next one comes out, next thing you know, you're buried. And I'm like, well, I don't want it to be like that. I just want to pick up a comic and read. I want to find a, a story arc. I want to read it and I want to enjoy it. And then I want to move on to something else, you know. And it doesn't help that Kingdom Hearts has come out. And I've been playing more video games than ever before in my life. Um, I will go years without playing a video game. And then something comes out that I really love. And um, I'm not sure. And Kingdom Hearts came out and I wasn't sure. I've never played it. Never played Kingdom Hearts. Always wanted to. Was always curious about. There's a huge, huge story. There's a um, a huge following and uh, a lot of mythology and world building behind Kingdom Hearts. So I bought the uh, the the digital download edition that had all of the Kingdom Hearts games, including the third one. And I bought it whenever it was available a while back. I played the first one. I played almost all the first one, but there's some issues with the first one because. The camera angle, the way the camera works is not the way it worked when the game was released, so it's a big pain in the butt to try to see anything. So I played almost all the first one. I'm like, well, I'm right. I have like three days left to the third one drop, so I better play some of the second one so I have an idea of the story. The problem with Kingdom Hearts, I, I, well, I guess it's not a problem. It's a problem for me when you're trying to hurry through something, is that there is a lot of story. There's a lot of cutscenes. I mean, a lot of cutscenes. And I watch most of the cutscenes in the beginning I played for about two hours and I'm like okay 
the third one comes out tomorrow, I'm done playing this one. Um, I don't need to play every game in a series, nor do I enjoy a game. Um, didn't I didn't love the first one. It was the game mechanics. They were just bad. And um, the second one was okay. Um, the third one came out, and I was already playing it. I'm glad that, I'm che- I, that I checked my console before I jumped on at midnight because apparently the game didn't download automatically like it was supposed to. So I downloaded it, and then I went to bed for a little while, and then I got up at midnight, and I played till 2 a.m. just to jump into it. And man, Kingdom Hearts 3, it is outstanding. Uh, the gameplay is so fluid. I just love it. I cannot get enough of it. Unfortunately, I don't have enough time to play it, but right now that's where all my free time has been going, especially if I can get outside to run. Because normally I was like, ah, I'll watch whatever shows on TV last night, today, why I elliptical, but since that's not working out for me... Um, I have been uh, using my free time to uh, to play Kingdom Hearts. So um, right now, I'm, I'm in love with that game. It's a great game. It's, like I said, it, honestly, I mean, it has a great story, and the graphics are fantastic, but it's the game, the way, how fluid it is when you play it. It is so much fun. Everything works like it's supposed to, it's supposed to work. And considering that I suffered through, I don't know how many hours I played the first one, this one is way better. Um, so I'm really enjoying that, really into that. And um, there are bits and pieces of story that I'm missing, but to me, it's not a big deal because as long as I have an objective and I can piece all that together later on as time goes on. But um, that's kind of what's going on, you know, in in my world of geekdom right now. But uh, Nemesis, I need you to go and check it out and watch it. I think everybody is going to love it. Uh, It's just one of those films that uh, really kind of encapsulates the 90s. And when you see it and see how well... It looks like how well they incorporate the creatures, the, the the cyborgs, and how they look. It's just, uh, it's really cool. And there's a there's a couple scenes. I mean, they have a lot of throwback scenes to other movies. There's a scene where um, one of the um, actors says, "I'll be back," and clearly, clearly, it's a it's a not just because they say it, but because of the dramatic pause before and after it that they're they're you know a throwback to Terminator. You know, so anyway, that's uh, the podcast for this time um i don't think i have anything else to add sci-fi dig at gmail.com is where you can contact me and that's it this is aaron over and out